364 days. That's my first thought when I wake up. I haven't even opened my eyes. There are 364 days before doom and destruction come for me in the form of my 30th birthday. 364 measly days. It's not nearly long enough. I'm practically already on my deathbed. I can feel my skin drying out and wrinkling as I lie here. My bones are getting brittle. If I slipped and fell, I'd likely snap a femur. Gone are the days of being carted at nightclubs and bars. Everyone can see I'm a stone's throw away from the grave. I moan and pull the covers over my head. I'm 29, and I've accomplished nothing in my life. The end is looming. I'm almost 30. I might as well keep my eyes closed. Before I can give in to slumber, my phone rings. Curiosity drives me to pick it up. There are only two people who ever call me, my mom and my brother, and neither would ever dare to call so early in the day. I look at the name on the screen and sigh. If I ignore it, Megan will just call back. After pushing accept, I put the phone to my ear. Really? A phone call? Is your keyboard broken or something? Because seriously, who calls instead of texts? What? She asks, confused by my greeting. Perhaps she hasn't known me long enough to find my fussiness endearing. Nothing. What's up? Not much. I'm not working with you today, and I wanted to check up on you. It's only been two months since I transferred to Corinth Library, and yet it's been long enough for the extremely nurturing and extremely extroverted children's information specialist, Megan Carter, to have taken me under her wing. Though at times she teeters on overbearing, I find I'm quite fond of her. You seemed a bit down when you left the bar last night. Everything okay? Except for the quickly approaching occasion of my death, I'm great. Oh, brother. Drama queen much? I throw the covers off and climb out of bed. Every year, I think I won't have to come up here and tell you this. But then every year, here I am. The sound of the HR director's tired voice echoes through the large meeting room at our city hall. There's a cough, the sound of someone behind me discreetly trying to eat something crunchy out of a plastic bag, the whir of a ceiling fan overhead. The HR director sighs heavily, his shoulders slumping, and gestures to the PowerPoint slide behind him. The slide reads, Don't have sex on duty. That's it, the director says, a touch mournfully. That's all there is to it. Don't have sex in your police car. Don't have sex in uniform. Don't pretend to do a business check at Arby's and then have sex in the Arby's bathroom. Just don't do it. Because then I have to fire you, and it's so much paperwork for me. And then I have to climb back up here next year and beg you not to do it again. Please don't make me. There are a few awkward laughs, a few sly shoulder nudges. Everyone remembers last Christmas when Captain Noost caught Zach Simmons doling out a little extra Christmas cheer in the backseat of his patrol car to the captain's college-aged daughter. Or the year before that when Mike Fox and his wife wanted to act out some role play and Fox's mic button got stuck, which meant everyone on duty heard him say, Now that's the long arm of the law, right as he came. Who would be dumb enough to do that shit, I think to myself, aside from the fact that the back seats of most patrol cars are cramped vinyl shells that have been puked on, pissed on, and worse, it's against the rules, and I don't break rules. Rules are good, 
Rules are there for a reason. It's my job to protect those rules and make sure everyone else follows them. That satisfies something deep down inside me, not like a hunger for power or anything. But it's the same feeling I get when all the weights are in order at the gym or when my house is clean and my lawn is mowed. Clean and neat. Everything in its place. I do law so that there can be order. I think of that kid today, though, definitely out of order and creating massive snarls of traffic trying to get out of the parking lot during the morning drop-off. There were three fender benders, one verbal altercation between a dad and a vice principal, and Officer Latasha Palmer had to issue a property damage citation because one impatient mom had driven up over the curb and crashed into the school fence.